Hey friend, thanks for joining me today. My name is Aaron Dowd and this is a show about how to make great podcasts. This episode is about audience growth and how to get more listeners for your show. My special guest, Juleka Lantigua-Williams, shares her strategy for audience growth and how it's helped her shows get to over half a million podcast downloads so far and put them on the path to reach 1 million downloads by the end of this year. Here's what I learned in this episode because I want to kind of give you the takeaway and big idea right up front. Audience growth isn't something that magically happens once you start publishing episodes. If you want to grow your audience to get more listeners and fans, there's three important questions to ask yourself. And these questions are important regardless of how long you've been podcasting. So the three questions are, number one, who is the ideal listener for my show? Number two, what needs do they have that I'm trying to address and fulfill with my show? And number three, where is my ideal listener spending their time and attention? And what's my plan for getting their attention? So here's a little bit more about Juleka. Juleka is the founder of Lantigua Williams & Co., an audio production company. She describes her role as building teams that make podcasts and films. So here's her bio. Juleka is the founder CEO of Lantigua Williams & Co., an award-winning and Peabody-nominated digital media studio that builds teams that create beautiful experiences in digital audio and film. She is a journalism veteran with 20 years of experience as a writer, reporter, editor, syndicated columnist, book editor and scout, lecturer, and audio producer. Lantigua Williams & Co. produces original shows like Latina to Latina, 70 million and feeling my flow and provides tailored consulting and white label production services for clients that include Macmillan podcasts, the Phi Beta Kappa Society, WHYY, KQED and Civil Beat. Juleka says she first fell in love with podcasts after hearing Serial. After devouring that show, she became fascinated with the way storytelling techniques were being used in audio. She got the chance to work on the Code Switch podcast at NPR and fell in love with the process of making podcasts. I met Juleka last year when Lantigua Williams and Co. started using Simplecast for hosting, and after several interesting and insightful conversations about podcasting, I asked her if she'd be willing to be a guest on my show to talk more about her approach to audience acquisition. Couple quick things to mention before we get into this interview. First, Juleka is hosting a series of webinars about working in podcasting that she's calling Podcasting Seriously. So if you're interested in getting into working in the podcast industry, or if you'd like to take your podcast skills to the next level and connect with other people who also care about these kinds of things, I'd encourage you to check it out and sign up. The next one is called I'm Ready to Work for Myself in Podcasting and is happening this Saturday, July 25th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. So visit podcastingseriously.com to learn more. And I actually signed up for this whole entire series uh, but I was moving during the previous one and we'll be on a road trip this Saturday. So I'm missing. I hope there's a replay. I'm going to talk to Juleka about this. Um, anyways, podcastingseriously.com. Second, we recorded this interview using Squadcast, which dropped the call multiple times. It's just kind of a bummer, but that you know that's how it goes sometimes. Next time, I will be sure to record locally as well. You just can't rely on software, it seems. All right, let's get into our conversation about audience acquisition and more with Juleka Lantigua Williams. 
Awesome. So, so this audience acquisition theory, tell me a little bit more about this. It sounds like something you've been thinking about for a while. Yeah, I love how you actually call it that because that just makes it sound so much fancier. It's really simple. Uh, actually, it's very simple. And I think um, in the last three years, uh, Lantigua Williams, we've been able to really test out that theory, which is the best part. Like I basically have my own lab and I can test out this theory. And the theory is super simple. The theory is that you need one listener, right? And that you need to know as much about that listener as it is possible without invading their personal privacy, right? And so in many instances, people imagine, right? They create a you know, reality-based but slightly fictionalized version of their ideal listener, right? So my listener, somebody might be thinking, is a sports fan who roots for their team, who has been a team generationally in her family, right? So this is theoretically speaking, and that's Mm -hmm. a good place to start. That's actually an excellent place to start. Where I make it a little bit more mathematical is I go out and try to find factual evidence for what I come to believe what I have come to believe about my listener. And so if anyone goes to lantiguawilliamsandco.com, lantiguawilliams.com right now, you will see an actual physical picture of my company's ideal listener. She is Kenya. She's 26. She's a first gen uh, Afro-Latina. She is a college graduate. She is in the first five or seven years of uh, a career that she's very happy with that she wants to wants to um, pursue. She is not currently in a relationship, but she's a serial dater. She likes being in companionship. She's the oldest child of three children in a two-parent family. She lives in one of the top 25 markets in the United States, one of the top 25 cities. She is a digital native. I mean, she basically was born with an iPhone in her hand. And um, she is very digitally savvy. She's a gamer. She likes to take, you know, weekend trips with her girlfriends. Her favorite shade of OPI nail polish is Samoan sand. I mean, I know her. I know her. And I have the statistics to prove who she is. And furthermore, I have statistics that say to me, there's a couple of million Kenyas in the United States. Because if you think about, you know, there are 60 million Latinos in the United States I can I can whittle out, you know, three to five million who basically fit a few of those characteristics that I've ascribed to Kenya. And so what does that do? That gives me a target because now I can ask myself, well, where does Kenya shop? Where does she like to dine out? What types of movies is she into? Um, what's her favorite brand? Um, and I can go out and find answers for those because I know that those industries collect consumer data. Right. And so it's very easy for me to go and learn more about Kenya as I'm planning editorially and as I'm trying to pitch the show to potential advertisers. Because there are statistical measures that tell me that there are many, 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 many women who fit, you know, 80 percent of that profile. And so when I think about creating a new show, I ask myself two simple questions. Right. Because I already know that Kenya is my ideal listener. Everything I make is for her. And so let me also clarify that Kenya is the avatar for all our original shows. Obviously, our clients have 
different goals for their audiences. And obviously we work with them to identify their ideal listener. But, you know, when we're talking about our creative things that we're putting out into the world, Kenya is our ideal listener. And so when I am thinking about a show concept, I think about, or when I get pitched shows, which happens a few times a year, I think about, will Kenya listen? Right. And I have to answer that question with concrete evidence from her life that says she will listen. Yeah. Right. If I get pitched a show about golf, it's an automatic no. She's not she's not going to listen to that show. Right. And so I know that statistically that she's not going to listen to a show about golf. So that's easy for me. Right. So if the answer is yes for an original idea or for a pitch for a show, then I pursue that idea. And then there are a bunch of other, you know, qualifications and characteristics that I'm looking for in a show. But if the first answer is yes, then I know that it's worth pursuing, you know, to see where it leads. That doesn't mean that I'm going to make that show. It might mean that I ask for a full proposal. It might mean that I ask to see a script. It could mean a bunch of things. The second question that I ask myself immediately is, if she herself is not going to listen, does she have someone in her life with whom she will share, right? Mm, so will she listen? Listen? Will she, she share? Share, it, right? Yeah. Because the whole theory behind having one listener is that this person basically becomes your spokesperson to everyone in their life, and that's why I focus so much on the energy, so much of the energy of our shows on that ideal listener, because what we want is to create a multiplying effect. If she cannot wait to get the new episode on Monday, if she re-listens to her favorite episodes over and over again, if she finds herself quoting the guests that we have, then I know that we're connecting with her and that because this brings her joy, she is going to share it with other people. So let me, let me, walk you through how that works in real life. So our first show, big, big show, Latina to Latina, Bullseye. That's for Kenya, right? Like literally that is for Kenya. But then Mia Warren and I created Feeling My Flow. It's a show about menstruation for tweens. Well, it's not for Kenya because she's way past a tw her tween stage, right? And at this point, she's been menstruating for 12 years. She's probably got a good handle on it. But... Kenya's friends have nieces and nephews, right? Her cousins have, you know, little kids in their life. One of her friends is a middle school teacher who has to teach the dreaded sex ed class every year, right? So I know that there are people in her life with whom she can share Feeling My Flow, right? Of course, Feeling My Flow also has, you know, its own target audience. But I'm thinking in the grander scope of, as a company, who are we going after? Whose needs are we trying to fill? So I'm always thinking about Kenya. So then we do 70 Million, right? 70 Million is a show about the role of jails in criminal justice. Okay, well, Kenya is not in jail. She's never been in jail. But wait, statistically speaking, and this is a fact, I know that because she is a Black woman in the United States, she is more than three times more likely to be related to or know someone who has been involved with the criminal justice system, statistically speaking. I don't have to guess about this. And so understanding this about Kenya and understanding that the Black women and brown women in her life 
also fall under that statistic, I am very likely to find interested listeners in that group of people because they've been personally affected, either a brother, a cousin, an uncle, someone along the line close to them has been mired in the criminal justice system. So you see, you see what happens when you focus on the one listener, you are able to produce content that is related to one another, but very different from one another, but serves the same listeners, multiple spheres of her life, right? And so that's what I'm trying to do. So the last show that we just created, which I decided to take the plunge on and host myself, it's called How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything, right? And it's a weekly conversation with a first-gen American, right, about miscommunication, disconnection, you know, that, that inevitable generational gap between us and our parents, right? Bullseye. That show is for Kenya. And all her friends who are the first to go to college, who are the first to work on Wall Street, who are the first to date outside of their culture, who are the first to decide not to have children, who are the first to go to therapy. There are endless conversations that have to be had because first-gen Americans, hyphenated Americans, are living a very different existence than their immigrant parents, right? And so when I devised the concept for that show, I knew that that show was for Kenya and for all of her friends. And the response has been fantastic. The response has been everything from, oh my God, where was the show 20 years ago when I was coming up? Oh my God, this is helping me to understand my daughter, my son. Oh my God, I never knew how to have this conversation. And now I'm going to try and have this conversation with my mommy or with my papi, right? But then with that show, we are intentionally branching out beyond the Latino audience. So we've had a Jewish first-gen person. We've had Vietnamese first-gen people. We're about to have an Afro-Panamanian. I mean, we've had a Mexican-American. And so the common denominator is that as a hyphenated American, you are having experiences that can create tension between you and your parents. Let's talk about it, right? But that was that was for Kenya. And now it's for Kenya and all of her diverse circle of friends, you know, because she definitely travels among a much broader sort of swath of American society than her parents, than her older co-workers, than her college professors. Right. So I'm also taking advantage of that connectivity and the elasticity that there is now in funding, in forming bonds between first gen Americans, because it's that common experience that really binds them together. I love that. So it's this intense focus on knowing who you're creating the show for and then asking the two questions. Will will she listen? Uh, will she share? Yeah. And then the th- I mean, the work after that is where is she and how do I get the show to her? Right. So the first part of the conversation was about editorial. This part of the conversation is, OK, so she's on Instagram. Let's go to Instagram. And today, actually, as a matter of fact, we hit 10,000 followers on Latina to Latina, which was amazing because we have the most dedicated social media editor. Shout out to Manuela. Um, And she's been killing it on Instagram. Right. And we know 
that all our Kenyas are very active on Instagram. So we go to Instagram every day. We bring her fresh content. We try to, you know, sort of flip it and, and reimagine how we present the content to her, right? And so we also know that she's in professional organizations, right? Professional Latina organizations. So I try to connect with those. I try to give workshops at those just to raise the, um, the visibility of the show among those young professional Latinas, right? So that's the other part, that once you know who she is, you've got to figure out where she is, right? And then go there. This is not passive at all. Because if you're like me, your audience is very niche, right? Very, very niche. And so you want that. It actually gives you a great advantage. And so the other thing about... um having this sort of like one listener approach is that when I go to advertisers, I can literally say, you're not advertising on any show that can guarantee you this many college educated, second generation, first and second generation Latinas who are also professionals. I can say that with confidence because I've spent two years building that audience and not only bringing them to Latina to Latina, but also bringing them into podcasting. So many new podcast fans have come into the space because we've made a show for them. And then they get here and they're like, ooh, there's all this other cool stuff going on. Oh, my God, look at this other show. What? I didn't know I was into true crime. I didn't know. I was Like, literally. Yeah. People love to true crime. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, so will she lis- listen? Will she share? Where is she? How do I get the show in front of her or yeah. to her? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So those are the fundamentals. I mean, there's a million other questions in between as you go, right? So we, for example, experimented a little bit with the length of the episodes, hmm. right? So the first year we were like, all right, let's go to 30, let's go to 35. And then we watched our listen through rate. And then there were a couple of times where we had really special episodes and we'd go to like 40, 43 and we'd watch the listen through rate. And what we learned was that Kenya has about 28 minutes that she can give us her concentrated attention. So now guess what the average length of our episodes is? 28 minutes. 28 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) People have been asking me forever, how long should my podcast be? And I'm like, oh. My answer now is is just going to be 25 minutes anytime anyone asks me. Just yeah, 25 minutes. that's a good answer. So with the very new show, um, with How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything, I beforehand said, we're not going past 20 minutes. And it's very difficult to cut a show to 20 minutes. But we do it. And... It is working because what happens is that we get emails and DMs from people who are like, oh, my God, I just discovered your show and I listened to six episodes already. And I'm like, right, that's not a lot of time. (laughs) A couple hours. Yeah, you could do it at work in between other things, you know. So I'm experimenting, you know, not really experimenting. I am responding to what our listeners behavior is. Right. So that's the thing. Like making a podcast is not just an editorial exercise. This is really metrics. Like I love metrics. Like I love getting into simple casts and just like playing around. I love to drill down to like zip codes. I have a couple of zip codes pointed out where no, literally. 
I kid you not, this will show you my OCD side. So when I realized that I could drill down to the zip code, I picked like five zip codes around the country that are sort of like representative of the highest concentrations of Latinos around the country. And every month I go and I check how much we have grown in that zip code. Ooh. And we've been growing consistently. Wow. Yeah. Right. But this is not something I can, I can go to advertiser with. Right. Yet. Not until I get like multiple zeros behind that number, yeah. right? Right now, it's a growth under 100 every, you know, month over month, right? But that's big for me. You know, that's really big for me. Oh, wait, when is this airing? Why, were you about to mention the, uh, the, uh, the course that you're podcasting seriously? Oh, no, I can talk about that. No, I was going to say that. Um, so so it, I was speaking about tracking metrics. Our 100th episode is airing on June 22nd. And on June 22nd, we're going to announce that we've hit over, that we've hit almost 650,000 downloads and that we are going for a million, 1 million by January 1st, 2021. And we're making it public. We're getting all our listeners involved. We're getting all our families involved, all our friends. We're going to hit a million by January 1st, 2021. That's the goal. And I'm so excited to do that because our response whenever we get a compliment from a, from a listener is the same. We make the show for you. Thank you for listening. We make the show for you. And for me, this is a true, true experiment in showing them this show is for you. So our success is your success. And so let's do this. Okay. Uh, so a million, a million listeners, and I will be, and I will be angry if all five hundred of my listeners don't go and check out the show and at least give you all down. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I'm. We'll I'm take sure those five hundred. We will take those five hundred. Exactly. <laughs> I, and I know they have friends too. So I'm just telling all of you, you better go listen. Okay. I'll let. Uh, so you were you were in the middle of saying something before the Squadcast dropped. No, no, I think I got to the to the one million. Um, just how this is another example. But let's talk about podcasting seriously because I'm also really excited about this, and we have like one minute. So podcasting seriously, another experiment. As you can see, I have a very high uh, threshold for experimentation because I, I I like to get the learning over with quickly and the mistakes. I like to just get them over with quickly. That's just like a driving philosophy in in my life. And so decided to, to launch podcasting seriously because I have so many sessions uh, talking to people who are mid-level, who already have an established podcast, who want to just make bolder moves, who want to try different things. And I was just like, okay, like Aaron, who's pointing at himself. Like me, hi. <laughs> and so I thought, you know what? I've thought so much about this and I've talked to so many people about this. I need to put this down on paper. And I need to be more organized about this because I've also tested out a bunch of the things that I tell people to do. And so I can talk about how did I set it up? How did it, what the results were? And so then I thought, okay, well, people should pay for this because it takes a long time to do this stuff. Yes. Um, and so I got um, Denise, who's a she's one of the former organizers of Work It, who's wonderful. And so we set this up in less than a month and we're almost sold out of the, of the three pass early bird 
option. And we've been absolutely stunned. It's been amazing. And, you know, we have a, a questionnaire so people can tell us exactly why they want to do the workshop and what they're looking for. And so I'm literally going to go through all of those and shape the conversation and the presentation accordingly. So I'm super excited because I love podcasting and I want as many talented people from all kinds of fields to come into podcasting because we don't just need good producers. We need good marketers. Mm -hmm. We need good publicists. We need good visual artists. We need good photographers. So this is like me basically trying to convert people from other fields into podcasting. <laughs> I, I know personally there's there's a huge interest in it. Uh, so I'm really excited about this and I'm, I'm, I'm going to attend at least one of them. If, if you still Thank have you. some early word passes for all of them, then I'll, uh, I'll check that yeah, out. Yeah, I think we do. I think we do. So it's podcastingseriously.com. Podcasting Serious. And I love that. Uh, I love that URL and that name. Well, thank I know you, you. you've got to go uh, jump on another call, but I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. Our conversations have always been really, really helpful and insightful for me, and I'm excited that I get to share them with my listeners. Uh, and I'll include links to everything on uh, the, the show notes for this episode, which you can find at thepodcastdude.com and in your podcast app. So, Juleka, thank you so much again. Best of luck for everything. Be well, stay safe, and, and thank you again. Thank you, friend. You too. I love our conversations too. We'll do it again then. 